Hey, 52 Weeks of Hope fans, it's Meredith from the podcast Meredith for Real, The Curious Introvert. I talk with paradoxical people who share unlikely lessons, like the happily married swingers who give marriage advice, episode 86. If you like personal development and are ready to meet people outside the algorithm, come visit me at Meredith for Real, The Curious Introvert, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to 52 Weeks of Hope. Here's your host, the smart, the hopeful, the always magical, Lauren Abrams. Thank you for that, Meredith. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to the amazing psychotherapist and personal development coach, Anna Marcolin. Are you ready to learn the tools to deal with rejection, loss, and anxiety? Want to heal your traumas, move forward, and regain your confidence? You are going to love me today because Anna's been to the depths and back, has done the work, and is an amazing psychotherapist and is here letting you know that no matter what you're going through, you can keep going and do so with grace and courage. You're about to rid yourself of loneliness and shame feel super empowered after listening to her. Learn how to trust your intuition and find your own unique voice. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Anna Marcolin. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. I'm so glad we get to do this. Yes. Okay. So you've been a psychotherapist for a couple of decades now, right? Yeah. And I know everybody is needing therapy these days. Oh, (laughs) Um, yeah. And you guys are incredibly busy. You do a lot of work around issues of self-esteem and confidence. What are the big issues you're seeing with women these days? And importantly, what are the solutions? Yeah. Some of the biggest issues that I'm seeing today are really around around overwhelm. I think that we are just so busy going, going, going. It seems like almost every person that I talk to, a lot of what I'm seeing today with women is overwhelmed, that they're just crazy busy doing all the things and not wanting any of the balls that they're juggling to drop. And inevitably, one of them always drops, whether it be marriage, it's usually not the kids, but What it looks like is someone who's in a bad, air quote, bad mood a lot, irritable. So I see that with my clients who are mothers towards their children. That's what they'll report to me. Not having time for their marriage, not being able to pour into their relationship with their partner. Too much with work, you know, feeling scattered. And I'm seeing that across the board everywhere. And I think COVID has just exacerbated all of it in the last couple of years. So I'm seeing a lot of that. And I'm also seeing a lot of isolation in our minds. I'm seeing a lot of women and men too. They're not talking about what is going on. So, you know, they're just keeping it. They're living inside their head is what I call it. They're all up in their heads and living inside their head and not sharing what it is that they're feeling. And, you know, there's a lack of social connectedness. So once again, COVID has made that worse. But loneliness and isolation was a big problem in this country well before COVID hit. So now I'm just seeing more of it. So what's the solution? Like what should you do? So the solution is, You've got to get your daily life into more of a routine and you've got to start pouring back into yourself. So what we as women do is we put ourselves last and many people have already heard this. I know I hear it all the time, right? We're in the airplane where you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help the person next to you. You must put on your own oxygen mask. So for women, we've got to take care of ourselves first. That is self-care. And for some of us, it's self-work. And I just did a reel about this on Instagram last week that there's a difference between self-care and self-work. 
and we must do both. So self-work is maybe going to therapy. Maybe it's working around issues from your past. Maybe it is mother of toddlers and preschoolers, and you're noticing that issues are coming up for you that are reminding you of your relationship with your mother. And you never would have thought you'd have them, but something in you know the way you're parenting, it's a subconscious thing and you get triggered. It's like, whoa, the way I'm parenting my daughter, my son is not the way that my mother parented me. And that's something that triggers us. So that would behoove us to go back to therapy to work on that. But what I find is that we just notice that it's there and we don't do anything about it. But if we don't do anything about it, we don't talk about it. That does build. That turns from a little molehill into a mountain. So go to therapy, go get a coach if you need a coach, but start with looking at your daily schedule and really look at it. Like I always tell my clients, look at your schedule in 15 to 30 minute increments. And my clients, when they first do this homework, they're like, well, okay, that's not that big of a deal. No, I want you to do a three-day audit of your life. And when they do it, they're shocked at the time that they spend maybe just kind of mind-numbingly watching a show on Netflix or Amazon, whatever, or they're scrolling through social media. And I'm not knocking it. Believe me, I do it too. I think it's a part of our lives here to stay. And all of us ought to be, if we want to be, engage in social media. But what I find is that we are not intentional about it. And the minutes and the hours go by. And what happens is we're not taking the time out to take care of ourselves. So we don't have an intentional maybe meditation practice. If you don't want to meditate, maybe go outside and sit in the backyard or sit on your balcony for 15 minutes and enjoy your cup of coffee and just listen to what's going on outside or put in a podcast and listen to some soothing music or, you know, the music or a podcast. So I find that we're not intentional and we're not doing that and we're living our lives in these daily vacuums. So we must get back to a routine and a schedule, write it down. It does make a difference. So that's the number one thing I say. And then number two, I tell everybody time for self-care and time for self-work. So self-care would be going outside, sitting on your balcony and having a cup of coffee in the morning, or it's the self-work of go back, go to therapy. And if you have been in therapy, you're not now go back to therapy, continue to have that, take that time, take that 45, 50 minutes with the therapist to talk about what's going on in your life. Talk with somebody else, an objective outside person who can listen. Because when I listen to my clients, I hear it differently. I report back to them. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. And they love it. They're like, oh, I never thought of it like that. Did I just say that? Yeah, you just said that. Oh, I didn't realize I just said that. So that's what I would say. Start with a structured routine. If you don't have one, work on getting one. And the number two, do your self-care, do your self-work. So that could be hire a coach or go to therapy. How about for, you said so many things. I know I did. That was a long answer. No, no, no. I know, I know. You made me think of a few different things. One thing you made me think of is that story about the renowned violinist who was playing this multi-million dollar violin in a subway station in Washington, D.C. And only eight people stopped to listen, even for a minute or a second. Everybody just walked right by and it was like this. Because we've got places to go and people to see. Yeah, and no one's mindful. Everybody just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. For some reason, it made me think of that. Well, you're right. That's actually a great example. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, what about the loneliness piece? What are you recommending for that? Yeah, the loneliness piece is I think we've got to do have to make an effort to keep our friends and to look for new friends. And so that is, you know, chatting people up in the grocery store. And if you're more of an introvert and you don't like to do it, then okay, that might not be your way, but there are other ways. Maybe it is through joining a forum, 
in a space that you're interested in online. So maybe you're interested in crafting or knitting. There are online groups where you can go and you can speak with others if that's the medium through which you connect, but it's got to make an effort to connect. And I say, start with eye contact, even being more social means check out lady in the grocery store, talking to the bagger, you know, I mean, talk to the person in Nordstrom rack. I mean, that's the beginning of feeling a sense of community and connection with others. And then the next level is make an effort to have people over as our lives are getting back to, well, I don't know if they'll ever be normal again, but kind of air quote normal in many states in the United States and North America. Make an effort, have people over, have a couple girlfriends over for a glass of wine, have start a book club, you know, go out and say hello to the woman who is always walking her dog up and down your street that you say every morning, go out there, be out there when she walks by, you know, she's there, you know, she comes by all the time, say hello. And if she just says hello and moves on, then find somebody else. But we've got to be intentional about the connections with people. Maybe do a movie night. Maybe you make an effort, you be the one to connect everybody. Hey, so-and-so's at the IMAX theater. Let's go. Who wants to go? Let's come to my house after. And you get a bunch of appetizers and put them together and go to movie and then have people over or go out for dinner after. But if you're not doing it, make that effort to do it. It feels good after you've done it. And maybe two, one person shows up, but hey, you'll feel better after because you socialize with someone. We've gotten so used to living in our home alone, in our apartments, in our homes. In some ways we like it because it's like we can be in our sweats and we don't have to go anywhere. And, and you know, I mean, we can air quote flake on each other, you know, and there's a lot of memes online about that. And it's very funny. And I laugh at them too. It's like, yes, all best laid plans. And you're like lying in bed with a big bowl of ice cream and you're watching a movie, you know, it's like whatever, but it's funny to a point. I mean, we do have to no, change right. our behavior no, and make totally. it happen. It's like, yeah. I don't know if I'm getting dressed to go to the living room tonight. How about you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But I read a great article last week about making the effort a recent empty nester. And I don't have the moms mm -hmm. to get together. I don't have this, I don't have that. And I just had a birthday a couple of weeks ago when people were wishing me a happy birthday because I read this article. I said, I miss you. Let's make a date yes. right now to get together. And so Good instead of saying, thank you, I miss you. I made a date on calendar to yes. get together with the people that I really miss. I said, instead of this, like, oh, we have to see each other, broad generalization, the people I genuinely miss. I was like, no, I want a date on the calendar. I don't care how far off it is. And so yesterday, because I've been away, I, yesterday I went hiking with somebody I just really missed. That was the first one. I have another one in a couple of days. And I don't like doing lunch. That's just me. I feel like I'm going to, it's the middle of the day. I work. It's just so yeah. disruptive. I'm not a big lunch person. I never have. But one, like that's what she wanted to do. I said, can we walk instead? Because I sit all day. Mm -hmm. I just don't move. It's, you know, I'm a lawyer. No, I, we like, we just, anyway, so. So many of us live yeah. sedentary lives and we have sedentary jobs. And, you know, you're absolutely right. And that's a great point. And I find that people will almost always walk. And I have now three or four separate girlfriends who have also said the same to me. Anytime you want to get together with walk instead of lunch in the middle of the day, I'll take a break from seeing clients or podcasting and I will meet someone, even if it's for a 30, 45 minute walk that's close by. Yeah. It I don't really, even care. I decided yeah. I don't care if it's close by. I will drive. I want to see people. Yes. I want I need friends. Yes. And I can work in the car on the phone making my phone calls. Or I can catch up with yes. somebody who doesn't have like who still has the kids at home or whatever. Right. Or call right. my relatives or you know, I am now willing especially after reading the article and talking to my aunt, who's recently widowed during COVID after a gazillion years, you know, her yeah, whole life. Yes. And she's depressed. Absolutely. And I've been telling her what these articles say. And, you know, like I can only do so much, but 
I thought, but I, at least I, you're doing something. If you're calling her, you're doing something and that you're to be commended for that. Right. And that's one of the things that if you are lonely, call someone and see how they're doing because you will feel better after generally. I mean, you just do. It's like volunteer work. Well, you I, give to others, right? Yeah. And you get so much more back in return. Always. And I yes. never want to show up. It's one of these things like yeah. I do a lot of yeah. volunteer work. There is not once that I want to go ever. Yes. I'm like, I'm busy. I'm this, I'm that. But I show up anyway. And when I leave, I'm always feel better. Always. You know, I was taught this probably 25 years ago when I worked in a patient eating disorder program. One of the nurse managers who worked with the patients, she was interesting. She wasn't a therapist, but she was so psychologically minded. And she was like our mother earth. She was an older woman. Even at that time, she just had this long, beautiful black hair, like streaked with gray. I mean, she dressed like a hippie and she was truly like a mother earth. And she taught me and I learned by watching her work with the patients. When I first started there in my late twenties, one of my first jobs in psychiatry and eating disorders. And she say to the patients, they didn't want to change their behavior around food. And she'd say, change your behavior and drag the feelings. And I never forgot that. So to your point, Lauren, change your behavior, drag the feelings, change your behavior, take action, go to the volunteer work, even though you don't feel like it, drag your feelings along like Linus, the peanuts gallery. Now I'm dating myself saying that right now, like drag your stuff behind you. I don't feel like going, but when you do it and you take action, it's like no one said ever, oh, I wish I never went to do that volunteer work. We're always happy, right? Always. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a feel good thing. Plus you're talking to the other volunteers. Yes. There's your connection. Yeah. Yes. And there's your community. You know, it's so interesting because I talked to this imam, he's very esteemed, and I didn't even know anything about Muslim and Muslim faith. And as I interviewed him and talked to him, Jihad Turk, that's his name. He's actually, oh, wow. and I expected him to have flowing robes. This is how ignorant I was. And he's just like a regular dad from Arizona with kids. Oh, really? <laughs> and yeah, and it was so funny. But anyway, he said the easiest way to get rid of any bias against Muslims is to meet one. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and so... He has his community volunteer in Christian centers and everything else. And because in the common act of volunteering, you talk and you just end up and suddenly all of these, the hatred and discrimination kind of washes away. It goes away because you get and to know each other as human yeah. beings. Yeah. And so it's just like having dinner and you're just feeding hungry and the poor right. or whatever it is. It, right. Christmas time, right. giving away gifts. And it was such an interesting podcast that I got yeah. to do with him. I've interviewed him twice, actually. <laughs> he's yeah. so great. Yeah, he's very esteemed. He's been to the White House and everything and prior a couple White Houses ago. That's so cool. Anyway, Yeah, it was very cool. Anyway, so one of the things I know that you work with people to get to trust their intuition. Yeah. Uh, you're very big on that. And which is why I say I definitely like have this connection with you beyond football. Yes. You, I know you didn't hear like the lead into this podcast. I'm like, we get to, it's two girls talking football, but don't worry. We don't talk football on the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to turn anyone away from listening. But how do you get people to tap into their intuition? I know I do. And one of the things I was going to ask you before was some people can't find a therapist or can't necessarily get to one or in between their therapy sessions. I know journaling helps me a lot to tap into my heart center and things like that. How do you get people to trust their intuition? I, journaling is a very big medium that I utilize as well. And I recommend that, well, those who are interested in writing, I recommend they all do it. I do have a certain subset of clients who say, oh, I don't want to journal. I'm not going <laughs> to, and I realistically, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to journal. I'm just telling you that. And I always appreciate that honesty. Yeah, right. So, you know, much of the work that I do in therapy and even a little bit in coaching is 
to listen to that sixth sense. So they're more of the verbal processing people. So we do that. That's the work that I do with them in the session is to tap into listening to their gut. So it really, to me, so much of intuition is in the gut and it's a sixth sense. What does your gut tell you? And so it's in the verbal conversation, the processing that and where it is in their body. For most of us, it is in the gut, but it can be in other places for certain people to listen to what your body is telling you about what is going on around you. So, you know, for some people, they'll do breath work. It is a case by case basis. I have, you know, I, not everybody wants to do breath work. Not everybody wants to meditate. Not everybody wants to journal. So if you're a journaler, I think it's a wonderful way to come up with, to see what's in that unconscious and the subconscious, because it's unbelievable to me what will come out when you put pen to paper. And it's not typing in your laptop, at least not for me. It's not even typing in your phone. It's pen to paper. Sometimes it's free association. And sometimes it's just what is coming up for me? What is this that I'm feeling? What is this that's happening right now? And there's your intuition talking to you. That it's got to be pen to paper. And because that's directly to your heart, it's tied into yes. your heart when you're doing it that way that you can't type it. It just doesn't, it's not the same. You know, and I think that we all have intuition, right? And some pay much more attention to it than others. And my work with clients is getting many of them to start to listen to it, that it's there and really kind of some education around what is intuition and where is it inside of you? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it think like? And I'll take them through that piece, which is kind of like intuition 101. And then they go, oh, that's what that is. Yes. That voice that told you don't go out to the parking lot. It's dark and your car's far away. And something's like, don't go right now. Don't go right now. And you're looking around, you're hesitating. That's your intuition telling you danger, danger. Don't go out there. So, you know, when we work through it, what they know to do is I'm listening to it. I'm not going out there. I got to get a security officer, the mall security guy to walk me to my car. You know, I had a client tell this to me many years ago and she paid attention to it. This is before I was working with her and she already was pretty tapped into intuition, but she had this fear come up in her. Don't go out there. She had the security guy walk with her to her car. And lo and behold, there was a van right next to her car with no windows, like the scary, like it was like yeah, a white yeah, van. Yeah. So there you go. And she was like, I don't know. Maybe it was nothing. Maybe it was, you know, who knows? But there could have been someone in there waiting to kidnap me, take me, or it could have been just nobody, no, you nothing. But there was a man in the seat and, you know, so that's intuition. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's learning to pay attention to what it is. So the ways to learn are, like we said, journaling. And I think oftentimes it's a verbal conversational process of what is it for you? Because it's different for everybody, how we feel it. Oh, definitely. I'm a big believer in meditation. That's me. And it took me years to do it. I used to have my kids meditate when they were little, but then they reached an age where, yeah, no, <laughs> who wasn't it's, happening? No, it took me Well, I mean, I think so many of us, especially in, you know, these first world countries, because I think of ADD or ADHD. And I think, you know, so many of us are hyper and I don't even think you have to have a diagnosis anymore. So many of us just like we talked about, you talked about everybody just bypassing was it the violin in the Metro in DC. So we all have these monkey minds. We all have these minds. We're all swinging from the branches, swinging from the ropes, going from like tree to tree to tree because we're so crazy busy. Is that attention deficit? Maybe it is. Then I think most Americans have it, you know? Yeah. And I also think women, we follow each other though. Guys are like, you're ADD. I'm like, but my girlfriends follow me. <laughs> just yes, fine. We exactly. go from topic to topic. Everyone's like, but girls follow each other just fine. Top Absolutely. Top. We do. And it was so funny because last night I was at a friend's for dinner 
And it was my husband and her husband and a couple of the women that I know. And we were talking about this and the husband's like, can you guys just like, what are you talking about? He was like, what are you like? You're, what are we talking about? You're talking about this. Now you're talking about that. And the women, my friends and I were like, what's wrong with you? Like we're following along, right? We're, he interrupted our nice flow of conversation, yeah. which to him was all over the place. But I was like right there with it. And I actually was like, stop interrupting our conversation. Like we're in it right now. And it's a really good conversation. <laughs> we were, we were talking about shoes. We were talking about all our aches and pains. We were talking about food. We were talking about the band we want to go see next week. We we're talking about all, and everyone's like all over the place. And we're all like, uh-huh, it's true. Well, there's science behind that women can multitask. Our brains are wired evolutionarily. We can multitask. Men cannot multitask or single-mindedly focus. And the newer science of what I've read has said, actually, nobody can really multitask very well. Everybody, male, female, should be single-mindedly focused. I agree. I see that. And I do think women can do it better. I think it does come from, you know, millions of years of being here and we do it better. It's not great to do, but we do do it. So I'm going to take this back to what you started with. So do you recommend time blocking when you, okay. So should we time block in 15 minute segments and are we more productive that way? Just say, okay, so for this, I'm going to meditate at this time and then I'm going to work at this time and then I'm going to take a break at this time. And should it be in 15 or 30 minute or what do you recommend? So when you're doing your audit, I do want, and it's a three day audit. It is a lot of work. So I want you to look at your day in 15 to 30 minute increments. Once you go through your audit and you see how you're spending your time, then what I have my clients do is time block. So the morning, let's look at your morning. Let's say you wake up at six, let's do six to 8 a.m. Sometimes for some people, that's too much. So we'll do six to seven, we'll do one hour. So you wake up, what are you going to do from six to seven? I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to go to pee, go to the bathroom, make my bed, brush my teeth, meditate, go downstairs, make my coffee. So that maybe that's like, you know, 30 minutes and then maybe I'm going to get my workout clothes on and I'm going to start my workout. So now maybe you're going from 6.30 to 7.30 and you're doing an hour workout and it doesn't have to be crazy rigid, but I want people writing down in the beginning exactly what it is they're doing in their calendar. And it's really important that you do it because many of us, when we have a calendar or a planner or a piece of paper, you know, we keep it with us. We are creatures of habit. We will stick to it. And then maybe let's say it's like, or it's like 7.30 in the shower. And it's like, you know, you're going to take a shower and you're going to get ready for work. You're showering. And what else are you going to do? It's also habit stacking. So if you want to listen to a podcast, maybe that's like when you listen to your morning news while you're blow drying your hair and you're getting your makeup on, your clothes on, and then you're turning the podcast off and you're thinking about what you need to take with you for work for the day, or maybe you're making a lunch. So you can stack your habits together. And I even get as granular with some people about when you wake up in the morning and you're washing your face, that's when you're going to like put on your serums and your sunscreen. I mean, I get really granular with certain people because we need to talk about it to get it in the forefront of their mind. And then once we've talked about it, I have them write it down after like a month, they don't need to write it down. They just, they're just doing it. You don't need to look at their list of what they wrote down. It's that important to get these habits stacked together and then put them into time blocks. It really does work in the beginning for some clients, like, oh, it's the last thing I want to do. Like, yes, but why are we resistant to it? Like we hate that our lives feel chaotic and crazy and overwhelmed, but we're resistant to the change. 
So there you go. Change the behavior, drag the feelings. You've got to change that behavior, take action in your life. And what's going to happen is a month from now, you're going to be like, wow, I have like what we call white space. It's like, I've got white space every day from like two to four. I never had that. But why is that? Well, because I got a lot of stuff done in the morning and actually two to four, I'm like, I'm doing nothing. I'm taking a nap and I'm actually looking at recipes of things I want to, you know, yummy meals I want to make this Saturday, you know, and I never had time to do that before. Why is that? Because we were scattered and all over the place. So, and I have people put in time for social media, putting in time for TikTok and Instagram, because you need to have that time where you just could be like, I don't want to think. And I just want to laugh. And I just want to like, look at people's pictures, put that in. So that it is so important. And I don't think people have realized the connection to mental health, you know, and I'm not talking about mental health. I'm talking about mood disorders or anxiety disorders, somebody who meets criteria for disorder. I'm talking about most of us who have like low level anxiety, low level depression, but we're not really depressed. Like we need to be in weekly therapy. This is more of just, I'm stressed and irritated all the time. And I'm overwhelmed all the time. And I'm not getting yeah. my shit done. <laughs> and I'm not getting my shit done. Right, exactly. But I have to say this too, Lauren, if you don't pay attention to this over time, there is a cumulative effect. It could lead to an anxiety and a depression. Right, so I, right. I do need to say that, yeah. No, this is great. You need to create a calendar for people. You could sell these. I know, right? I thought yeah. about that. Yeah, and, you no, know, you need to. Yeah. yeah. So what do you tell people who they know they should be doing something? Maybe they want to start a podcast. Maybe they want to write a book and they're sitting on their dream and they want to take action, but they need to take that leaf of faith and it's time. How do you get them to yeah. be like, yeah, jump. Some people need to do a little bit of work around self-belief. You know, I have found that some people do need to work on what is it that's keeping them stuck and they do need to do self-analysis around that you know, maybe it's a self-esteem issue. Maybe it's a self-worth, self-belief issue. So what um, could they do if they're listening? What are the you, tools you, they could you, do? What I would tell you to do is I'd ask you to get help for that. I would tell you to reach out and get support. Talk to someone about it. And it doesn't need to be a therapist. It doesn't even need to be a coach. I do think that there's nothing like a coach to put a fire under your butt to get you going. But it can be a best friend. It can be a parent. It can be a life partner. It can be, you know, it can be someone, that, a mentor. It can be someone that you trust. Talk to them about what it is that you want to do. Let's say you want to start a podcast. Talk to them about it. Talk to them about what your roadblocks are and have and get the support that you need to keep going. Choose somebody who is in your corner. Choose yeah, somebody to talk definitely. to. Who's, yeah, who's got your back. And tell them, will you be my support system? Will you be the person that's in my corner. Can I come to you for when there's moments I'm really feeling just like downtrodden and don't want to do it and I want to give up? Can I come to you? Ask them if they'll be that person for you. So if you have that in your life, wonderful. And if not, what I did was I paid for a coach because for me, money talks. And when I'm putting a lot of money into something, that makes me work. So money's a motivator for me when I'm putting money out. And that's what I did is I, I paid for the coaching first. And they did, of course, believe in me, but I paid for it. And I went out and I saw people who are experts in the field and it was a game changer. I mean, true game changer. Yeah, that's good. Do you have a message of hope that you want to give? You know what I would tell everybody out there, and I know that maybe you've heard this before, but it really is true. You're not alone. And that so many of us are living lives of isolation and we're alone. And some of the listeners may even feel lonely. I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. You, there are times we think we're the only one who's ever felt this way and you're not. So find the support you need. There are support groups out there. There's online Zoom support groups these days. There's really no reason why 
we can't get support for how it is that we feel. So my message of hope is that you're never alone. And do you have a routine that you do every day? Do you meditate? I know you exercise. Yeah. What do you do? So for me, fitness is huge. Getting out of my house is huge. So now I live in Chicago. So it's actually a nice day today, but our winters are brutal. We have a lot of gray clouds. Many people here and in the Northern states suffer from seasonal affective disorder or just get really down and blue with the gray clouds. It is imperative that I get outside every day. So especially for those of us who live and work in the same location, get outside every day. And that's what I do. Fitness. And even if it's like a, there are days, Lauren, that I can only walk outside for 10 minutes because it's freezing, but you know what? It makes a difference. So get outside every day, get that vitamin D. And if the sun is not shining, it doesn't matter. Get outside and move your body. And if you can meditate, start with one of the many thousands of apps that are out there. I personally, yeah, there's so many now. I love Headspace and you can do it for three minutes, five minutes. That's how I did it. I started that way. I started for five minutes because I was like wanting to jump out of my skin with meditation. And now 20 minutes goes by because sometimes that's all I have. And I'm like, wait, no, I'm not done. I love this. I want to stay here. I could easily, but yeah, it's a practice. I mean, it truly is a practice, but I would, that's what I do. And I would tell everybody, you know, just start with five minutes and you don't have to do it every day. Do it like three, four times a week and see how it goes. Just keep at it. Yeah, definitely. And then how do you deal with loneliness? How do I deal with loneliness? As I reach out, you know, I reach out, I can, you know, there are times during COVID when I felt very lonely when we were all, you know, we had the stay at home order here. And then people were so afraid, as we all know, with the virus and understandably so we were not going anywhere. What I found was that I reached out, I called my family members, I did Zoom social calls with people. And then when things started like last spring and summer here, things got a lot better. We started to get vaccinated. and I made an effort to call people. And that's what I found was that when I sat back and I have done this in my life, when I sat back, and I wait for people to call me and I get all mad because I think, well, they're not calling me. I'm not going to call them because they haven't called me in like three months. Forget it. They're not really a good friend. When I get rid of that negative mindset and I move into the more of the positive mindset and I say, Anna, take charge, take the bull by the horns and you take the initiative. You make the effort. What I have found every single time is that most people say, yes, I would love to meet you. Yes, I can come over. What can I bring? And they bring a bottle of wine or they bring an appetizer. And it wasn't that they, they were like me. It wasn't that they didn't, weren't making an effort or that they didn't like me or they didn't care about me anymore. They were like me. They were feeling down in the dumps and the doldrums and they were waiting for somebody else to make that effort. And once I made the effort, it's like, oh, it was just the returns that I got back. So that's what's important is to really make an effort to connect with people. And if you have that mindset that goes on, like the scarcity mindset of thinking that like, you know, I'm always the one making the effort, let that go. Just keep going because we need each other. And remember that what Maya Angelou said, it's not, people will remember not what you did for them, but how you made them feel. Always. And that's true, right? Yeah. yeah. They remember yeah, how you always. made them feel. She always yeah. called. She always wanted to have people. She always, you know, wanted us to get together. That's what I remember about her. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Is there anything else that you wish I had asked that I didn't that you would like to say? No, just to reach out to me if you are looking for therapy or coaching. Yeah. Confidence is big. I can help you with confidence. It's but when people look at maybe you, Lauren, with your podcast or me with mine, they, you know, you see all these influencers on social media out there and you think that they're so great and they've got something that I don't have. That's not true. That, you know, I'm no better than anybody else out there. I have the same insecurities as most other people and that you're not alone, like I said earlier, but 
just remember that, you know, the only difference between me and the other person is that maybe I took action and you could take action too. And if you haven't yet, just get help for it. You can do it too. You know, we're no better than anybody else. Absolutely. And I'll have the links for everything for Anna with the show notes on the website. So thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Thanks so much, Laura. It was always, always great to talk to you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Anna's messages of discernment, grace, and movement. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode with yoga teacher trainer. She trains yoga teachers, mindfulness and meditation teacher, and a total health and wellness expert, Maya McGinnis. If you're losing focus and feeling discouraged at all, you get to up your game and your life when you hear Maya. She is unbelievable. I was so excited to talk to her. You're going to love this. Get ready for some real wellness tips and learn how to tap into your intuition. Do what's right for you and your body. And finally, put that white light of protection around you or whatever color works for you. She's amazing. You're going to love this. She grew up in Kauai, became an investment banker, turned accounting guru, and now she's in the total wellness space. It's such a remarkable episode and she is the example of the grass is always greener anyway you'll love that that's next week be sure to join the facebook group if you're not already in there it's at 52 weeks of hope we all talk to each other in there and we get to know each other and there's a lot of different modalities of wellness that we get to do in there each month so you'll really like that if you're not already in there if you're driving yeah i don't want you to you know text or do anything well you can text 52 hope and just get on the list for everything just text 52 hope to 66866 Text 52 Hope to 66866. But be sure to join us over in the Facebook group at 52 Weeks of Hope. And if you're enjoying the podcast, share the love, tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.